Hello, nephew community, and welcome to another episode of the Hot Topics in Nephrology podcast. I'm Aaron Immel here with the Nephew Medical Affairs team, and as always, we're hosting Mark Newman, a nephrology editor who's had many years of experience in the nephrology and kidney care space, and, and as always, we're grateful to have him here on board to kind of keep us in the loop on the latest happenings in the kidney care community. And today, our topic is about the aftermath of Hurricane Ian on the kidney care community. In late September, the storm battered the Florida coast and made its way into the southeastern United States across several states and further points north. And most of these communities are still recovering from the damage. Uh, unfortunately, the southwest coast of Florida got hammered with winds uh, and some really substantial damage and, and flooding really ensued throughout the, the remainder areas of the southeast that got hit. So, you know, we want to talk a little bit about how these communities are recovering, what the impact was on the kidney care community. And Mark, I guess to start off, what have you learned and what have you heard on the impact of this storm on the kidney community? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, uh, there's the, let's just review some general numbers from the storm. Uh, many of our listeners have probably seen this in the national media, but right after it uh, hit Cuba, it came to Florida and it struck down first in Cayo uh, Costa, Florida, uh, as a Category 4 storm on September 28th. And that's when we saw the 150 mile per hour winds. Uh, two days later, uh, Ian made its last landfall near Georgetown, South Carolina. And the, yeah, it substantially come down to a Category 1 and 85 miles per hour was uh, the indication. So. It certainly uh, calmed down uh, after, but it's only it was only two days. I mean, it was significant, two, three days uh, that the storm lingered. Uh, the storm dropped more than 20 inches of rain on central parts of Florida uh, in a matter of a, a few days. So that was significant. Yeah. <clears throat> um, at the last count, they recorded 89 deaths of uh, people in the state of Florida. Uh, that's from the governor's office. And most of those deaths reported so far have been from drownings. Uh, there were about 6,000 plus flights canceled. Um, roughly 2,000 flights were canceled each day, uh, primarily in Florida and South Carolina. Uh, airports in Tampa and Orlando, uh, among others, were completely shut down, and that's that's a major a major event in itself. Um, 2.5 million people were uh, given evacuation orders, and about 3.4 million plus uh, had power outages. Uh, individuals. Uh, and around 2.7 million customers were in the dark at the peak of the storm in Florida. Uh, when it hit C uh, Cuba, by the way, the entire island was out. So obviously, when, as we start talking about dialysis, we know elect um, electric power is important. And certainly uh, in Cuba, if you can imagine uh, the impact of that, having the entire island out, uh, that's significant. Uh, and uh, they mentioned, it's been noted that there's about $60 billion plus in insured losses. Uh, most of that was in Florida. But as I mentioned, Darren, uh, in this review, the importance of electricity, because as we know, providers need that to run their clinics. Likewise, dialysis providers need ultra-pure water to do the treatment. And that requires running our own machines to purify the water. And of course, that involves electricity. So that's a key component in, in both respects. Um, and you obviously need a new source of water if you can't get those RO machines to work. 
Yeah, that's really insightful, Mark. And I think we kind of focus on, you know, all the newsworthy events that come along with a storm like this, and, and rightfully so, because of the substantial damage. And, and as you've noted, really, unfortunately, you know, some fatal events occurring. But I don't think many people think of the nuances of something like healthcare and the impact it can have, for example, on providing dialysis treatments. And dialysis providers have faced storms before. I mean, I think we're well aware of the catastrophe that was Hurricane Katrina and the stories that came out of that. We also had Hurricane Harvey and Irma in 2017, Michael in 2018, and Ida last year. So they've had some experience. Um, they have to have some skill set and procedures in place for when a new storm comes along. Am I correct there? Exactly. I mean, you know, preparation is the key word. Uh, dialysis providers have been through a number of uh, these types of disasters, you know, whether it's winter storms or, or um, uh, tropical storms. Um, uh, the providers like Persanus Kidney Care, U.S. Renal Care, DeVita, uh, Dialysis Clinic, and all of clinics in the southern states. Uh, U.S. Renal, DeVita, and Persanus had clinics in Cape Coral, Sarasota and Fort Myers, which were some of the hardest hit towns on the coast. And all these providers have learned to prepare ahead of time before natural disasters, as I mentioned, whether they be the, the uh, winter storms um, that can knock out power, um, ice storms, uh, tropical uh, storms that we've had here with, with Ian, uh, and there could be other disasters too along the way. Uh, so they've done several things along the, you know, in the, in the last few years, um, to help prepare for these. Uh, what they do is they dialyze before the storm hits. So patients who are dialyzed a day or two earlier, so the clinic does not have to be in operation during the worst of it, it's, it's kind of a standard procedure now. Uh, it also means staff can stay home as well. So it means that staff don't have to drive into the clinic in, in uh, disaster areas in terrible conditions. Uh, in preparation of losing power or access to clean water, Again, going back to those RO systems that we mentioned, they often have generators and trucks with and truck in fresh water. So the generators certainly help resolve the electric issue. And many providers have learned to make sure that uh, these are, uh, you know, they're running and they're in good shape. And of course, trucking in the fresh water is key. Uh, that helps companies like U.S. Renal Care assess the damage and get the clinics back up and running uh, in Florida. Uh, the company has 18 dialysis clinics in that state, and CMO Mary Dietrich, uh, who said the company was able to reopen all the clinics in a hurricane Ian's path, path within several days, except for the one in Cape Coral. So within a couple of days, they were able, they had the unit shut down, um, they had dialyzed the patients earlier. When they reopened, uh, when they assessed the damage and reopened, they were able to get most of those clinics back open again. Um, at DeVita, the company activated its emergency response plan as soon as we anticipated a potential impact from the hurricane. Uh, that's from a company spokesman who I talked to. Um, we also, uh, they also communicate evacuation information to patients um, and coordinated with other dialysis and healthcare providers to help ensure continuity of care for all patients. Um, our local teammates provided patients with relatively medical information, relevant medical information, uh, prescriptions, dietary instructions and fluid restrictions so they need to dialyze at a different center. And we are tracking where patients are currently and where they will receive their next treatment. 
So uh, it's not just um, being able to dialyze those patients early, but they also want the patients because they don't know when they're going to see them for their next treatment. They may very well dialyze at other um, at other centers if the centers they typically go to uh, cannot be accessed. And there is definitely is a sort of a, a, a unwritten cooperative agreement among providers in these areas where they will dialyze patients that are not their own um, uh, to make sure that they do get dialysis. And it's, a, it's sort of a, uh, an agreement that to make sure that every patient gets dialysis, uh, dialysis when they need it and or gets any other uh, additional treatment. So um, that's how I think in essence, um, most of these providers work together when they have disasters like this. Well, it's good to hear all the providers come together to provide this continuity of care. And clearly they were prepared for Ian, which is important given the need for electricity and fresh water, um, you know, that could otherwise be hard to come by in the midst of the storm. Right. And so, and, and companies like Persanus, for example, they'll have contracts with um, uh, water companies, you know, but probably more so in these areas where they know things like this will hit. So they have those contracts already in place. And so when they need the water, obviously uh, they're set to go. But the important thing too here, Aaron, is that you know when you're dealing with the storm, it not only involves treating patients, but also taking care of staff, many who live in the area and may have gone home to find flooding and devastation in their own towns. Uh, and we saw this also a couple of years ago when we saw the storms in Houston and, and of course, Katrina, that you know, staff would go home and find out their home's been devastated. So um, the providers uh, also get involved in helping make, make an effort to take care of the staff. Uh, they have also received support, support from the American Kidney Fund, um, which has handed out 335 grants to kidney patients impacted by Hurricane Ian. Uh, and they, they've uh, donated, in essence, from their emergency fund, uh, 70, uh, at the last count, it was around $76,000. And that money can go for, uh, patients can apply for that for a number of different things. It could be um, food. It could be replacing medications that got lost uh, in the storm. It could be, even be clothing. If they had to evacuate quickly, then it could also uh, pay for replacing the clothing or other things that they need, other necessities. Um, it can also involve uh, making sure they get special foods for their renal diet. It could pay for utilities. Uh, once they get back into the house, um, they can help cover those kinds of costs. So that account is still active. Um, uh, the American Kidney Fund is still looking for donations to continue that. and. More recently, there was another storm, I think it was called uh, Hurricane Fiona, which also had some impact. So they've been, in essence, um, uh, getting donations in and, and delivering them to patients as quickly as possible, which has been helpful. Yeah, that's good. So it sounds like they beat the wrath of Ian, uh, but we're still in the midst of the hurricane season. So it'll be interesting to see if there are more storms ahead. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's still about two more months uh, for the hurricane season. So um, there still certainly could be some other activity um, and uh, and other parts of the country. Of course, you know, Ian did hit, uh, did go up the coast and there were some other, there was some impact in, in other states as well. But most of it, of course, um, was in Florida. And that state, of course, has a long road ahead in terms of recovery. Uh, many of those towns that, that we talked about earlier before the podcast 
um, have had major devastation. Um, you know, homes yep. that need to be rebuilt, uh, uh, harbors that that are choked with with boats that have come on land. Uh, it's it's. I mean, the pictures are horrendous. Uh, and of course, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, over 80 people have died from this. So uh, there's a significant amount of work ahead. Uh, the good news, I think, is that the dialysis pr provider community, with the experience that they have, was well prepared for this. Um, patients are back in. And as we noted earlier, uh, in discussions I've had with the providers, all their clinics are back up and running and, um, and, and they've recovered well. Well, Mark, as always, uh, it's a pleasure to get this information from you uh, to keep us all up to date on, on the latest news in the kidney care community. And to the nephew community, thanks as always for tuning into the podcast. Hope you're learning a lot along with me and stay tuned for next month because as usual, we'll be back with this monthly piece and Mark will be keeping us up to date on some other interesting hot topics in nephrology.